You're listening to SermonCast, the online preaching ministry of Hope Hull United Methodist Church. Be sure to visit us at hopehullumc.org sermons, where you can subscribe to future episodes of SermonCast and browse our archive of past messages. Thanks for tuning in. How many of you love to plant things and then to see them grow? Any, any gardeners out there? Farmers? It is amazing to me that we can start with ground and then up comes beauty or something that can feed us and sustain us. I mean, it is just a miracle to me. Well, um, you know, anyone who's ever planted anything or maybe been given a plant and tried to keep it alive, hello, you know that it takes work. You, you can't just put it out on the table, your plant, or just leave it out in the yard and it's fine. Oh, this, the rain will take care of it. The sun will take care of it. No, we have to cultivate it. You have to intentionally work at it. Um, we lived in Colorado Springs, my family and I, um, for almost 10 years, and we were there. And y'all, their growing season is so short. That's why when you go and visit, there are not many trees, and the ones that are there are not very tall in the city uh, because it just you have about three months of good growth. So we, we were like, okay, we're going to plant a garden one year. Let's try this. I've got kids. They can come help, right? Y'all can, y'all can help with the garden and pull weeds and all that good stuff. So we tried it, and I was warned, do not plant anything in March. Do not plant anything in April. Do not plant anything in May, y'all, because there are there's snow and there are freezes all the way up till the beginning of June. So at the end of, isn't that crazy? And then you've got till about the end of August, and then get ready for the snow again. But um, but it was just it was so beautiful there, and and you know, made up for that. But so we we got out there and we tilled up the soil, right? Got the soil ready which the kids were like, why in the world are we doing this? Why can't we just put a seed in the ground? No, we have to cultivate the ground to get it ready. Okay, and then we, we watered that ground, and then we planted the seed, and then over time we took care of the soil, and we took care of the, the little baby plants that were starting to grow up. And then um, the worst job, right, is the weeds. So we had to go out and pull the weeds and make sure nothing was growing in on the plant, make sure the plant had enough water, um, and then we began to see the amazing um, vegetables. Y'all, we tried to plant radishes. We had one radish. It was huge, wasn't it, Hope? It was a huge, huge radish, but there was just one. So I guess it was just like, no, we're just going to just make one big one, and y'all can just share that one. I don't know. <laughs> but we had tons of green beans and some other things, but it was a really neat experience. But we... we it was such a good lesson because there's so much hard work that goes into it. And all of you who, I have an aunt who's a master gardener, and so much work goes into what she does, and it's just amazing to watch and the diligence that that takes. And um, but we had to prepare the soil. We had to set up boundaries, right, so that things couldn't get in it. There were a lot of deer that liked to jump into people's yards, so we had to make sure there was a fence around our garden. Um, we had to water it, pull weeds water it again, and then take care of the plants as they begin to produce. So as we move into this Thanksgiving week next week, I want us to consider how we may cultivate gratitude, how we can plant gratitude in our life, how we can take care of it, and then see the amazing, um, the amazing results that comes from being intentional with gratitude. Because we can't just walk around in our life and, and just, okay, I'll just drop a thanks here. I'll just drop a happy heart there. I'll just, you know, every now and then I'll just um, 
just be thankful in my life and then expect to have a grateful life. No, it's that intentional, intentional cultivation where we want to be a grateful people, not just people that say thanks. I mean, I teach my kids to say thank you. Um, we're, we're still working on that. But that's the goal is for them to be grateful people. But I don't want them to do that just so that they can have good manners. I want them to have a grateful heart because they know where all good things come from and that their life is from the Father and their life should go to the Father. All things are for him, from him, and through him. And I want that heart of gratitude to be cultivated in myself and in my children. And I looked up that word cultivate, and it means, of course, to prepare and use land for crops or gardening, but it also means to try to acquire or develop a quality, sentiment, or skill. So this takes work. My desire, and I bet your desire too, is to acquire and develop the quality of being thankful. Let's pray. Father, we, we want to be a grateful people because you have done so much for us, God. Man, when I try to count my blessings, when I try to think of all you've done, there is no number to it. You've done so much, God. And I want my heart to be open to my Father, to be thankful to you, because I know that is your will for me in Christ Jesus. That is your will for us in Christ Jesus as individuals, and that is your will for us at Hope Hole United Methodist Church, to be a grateful people who cultivate gratitude. Lord, open our hearts to your scripture. Thank you, Father. I pray that we would worship you in spirit and in truth this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so like I said in 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, it says, give thanks in everything. And you see this theme of gratitude being woven all throughout the scripture from the beginning to the end. So I'm just going to do like a quick survey of, of some scripture that talked about gratitude, talks about gratitude and thanksgiving. Um, we're going to start in first, you can follow along or you can jot them down or just, I'm going to run through them fast so you can just listen and, and, um, and reflect as I read. First Chronicles 16, 8, it says, give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, proclaim his deeds among the peoples. Verse 34, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. So we hear what we're giving thanks for and why. He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Here is one for us at church. Psalm 104, enter his gates with what? Yes, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Y'all heard that song? Enter his gates with thanksgiving and your heart and give him praise. We're going to enter his gates with thanksgiving. Come in here ready to worship. Come in here ready to have a heart of gratitude. That's going to prepare the way for the Lord. There's a verse in Psalm, um, I think, believe it's Psalm 151. Out. I'm not going to give you the verse because I'm not sure what it is. But it says that a grateful heart prepares the way for the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? When I'm grateful, when I come in and I say, Lord, this week may have been rough, but I'm, I'm thankful to be here. 
I'm thankful to be in your house with your people. I'm thankful to have the freedom to gather with other believers. I'm thankful for the people that you are going to speak through this morning. I'm thankful for the people that I'm going to encourage this morning. God, I thank you that I am healthy enough to come to church this morning and and be with other believers. Like having that heart, y'all, it changes us. It changes us. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless him. That is what we do in this room when we sing, I see the evidence of your goodness. We're saying, God, Thank you for the evidence of your goodness and my life. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Why? For the Lord is good and his faithful love, here it is again, his faithful love endures forever. His faithfulness through all generations. God, you were good to my parents. You were good to my granddaddy and my great-great-grandpappy and my great-great-great-great-grandmama. You know, you have been good throughout every generation. You've been a shelter, Lord, for every generation. Psalm 136.1, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Boy, we see that a lot in Scripture, don't we? Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. And at the end of this psalm, it says, Give thanks to the God of heaven. So David starts the psalm with, with thanksgiving. And he ends the psalm with thanksgiving. It would be beautiful if I started my day with thanksgiving and I ended my day with thanksgiving. I believe that would cultivate gratitude in my life. And then we go to Matthew 15, 36. Jesus gave thanks before breaking the bread and fish and giving them to the disciples and the crowd. So that's, that was the miracle where he was feeding the 5,000. And he gave thanks before breaking the bread and then giving and then in Matthew 26, 27, when Jesus was at the supper with his disciples, at the very end, he took the cup, gave thanks, and then gave it to his disciples. And I found that progression interesting. He gave thanks before he gave. So many times we are taught to give thanks when we are given something. Kids, say thank you. I mean, I did that this morning. Someone awesome shared some cookies with my kiddos, and I said, make sure you say thank you. Say thank you. So when you are given something, you say thank you. But Jesus set the example before he gave. He gave thanks to God. Isn't that interesting? What would it look like if while I am doing things for my kids throughout the week, instead of thinking, well, they better say thank you to me, I better get a thank you for this. My goodness. You know, do you ever feel like that? I better get a thank you. Instead of having that attitude say, God, thank you that I get to be their mama. Thank you that I get to provide this for my children. Or those of us who are serving later with kids or teaching Sunday school or serving with the sound and audio or whatever role we have or with the meals and with the, the Operation Christmas Child, before we do all of these things, we say, thank you, God. It is a privilege to serve you and to serve these people. How would that change us? Do you think it would make us more effective as a body? I do. I think that it changes me when I have that heart, the heart of gratitude. 
that heart of appreciation to know, like I've said before this morning, that all things come from him and to, to him and are through him. That he's given me the breath in my lungs. And so the fact that I am breathing, I should be giving thanks. And some of this scripture, it's like a breathe in thanksgiving and a breathe out what I'm doing next. A breathe in thanksgiving. Thank you, God, for what you are. Thank you, God, for who you are. And then maybe present to him a problem. Thank you, God, so much for you're the king of kings. You're the Lord of lords. Thank you for being your, that we can be your people. And then breathing out. God, I really need your help with this. So it's, a, it's, a, it's as routine as breathing. Thank you, God. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 95, 2. Let us enter his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout triumphantly to him in song. Why? For the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. The depths of the earth are in his hand, and the mountain peaks are his. The sea is his, he made it. His hands formed the dry land. I think with this verse, let me read this again. For the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. The depths of the earth are in his hand. The mountain peaks are his. The sea is his, he made it. In his hands, he formed the dry land. It started with thanksgiving. And it said, we need to thank God for this. We need to thank God for what he's done because of who he is, because he is the God of all gods. He is the king of all kings. He shaped the mountains. He shaped the ocean floor. He shaped us. And so sometimes we may feel like we don't have a reason to give thanks. My life, you could say, God, my, my life stinks really bad. It's hard for me to give thanks. I think the scripture is showing us that just the fact that God is who he is, <clears throat> excuse me, that God is who he is, is enough reason. Amen? And then in Scripture, we're reminded of what Jesus did and in our, in our own hearts and our own experiences, what he did for us through salvation, what he did on the cross, that he died on the cross for our sin, but he did not stay dead. He rose from the grave three days later. And in him we have forgiveness. And in him we have hope. And in him we have the promise of resurrection. But, excuse me, because we share in his resurrection. And so if that is all we have to give thankful for, that's fine. That's good. So if you're waking up and your day is already starting really rough, thank him for your salvation. Thank him for the gospel, which is alive in your life and in mine. Philippians 4, 6. A lot of you, this may be your, your, your verse. We all have kind of a, a verse that we cling on to, and this may be one of your favorites. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then what will happen? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Wow, don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. 
these verses aren't suggestions. They're not saying, you know what, you you should consider being thankful. No, it's very clear. This is what we should do. This is how we should be. We should be a grateful people. Because as we remember in our verse, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, it says to be thankful in all things, for this is God's will for you, for me, in Christ Jesus. It's not a suggestion. It's his command. As I was researching, I read some articles from Berkeley, from Harvard, and Psychology Today, and other places, all showing the benefits of gratitude. That being thankful, have y'all read some of this stuff? That being thankful actually changes your brain. It changes how you're hardwired in your brain. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And, and these secular institutions that may not, may or may not care anything for God or attributing this to God are saying that thankfulness changes your life. And it can even change the trajectory of your life. And some are saying it can even extend your life. But they're proving or not proving, but they're saying all along what we've known from the Lord. He said it, he said it thousands of years ago, to be thankful. That's his will for us. God made us. He wired our brains. He crafted us with emotions, and he knows our minds, bodies, and souls. He knows how they work best. Of course he does. He made them. He knitted them together. He knows how our central nervous system affects our emotions and and everything. He knows how it all fits together. And if he knows all of that, and he does, he's telling us to be thankful, like commanding us to be thankful. So I'm pretty sure that being thankful and cultivating gratitude is going to help us live a healthier life all around, emotionally, physically, mentally, As I said before, we talked about, like, what if I'm in a really bad situation? It's hard to give thanks when things are hard. Am I supposed to just say, oh, I'm thankful, God, and move on, or fake it, or pretend, or when someone asks you when, at church or at work, how are you doing? Um, I'm great. God, you know, I'm going through this really hard thing, but, but God is good. God is good. I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for it. And you really don't, don't mean that. That's not what God is talking about here. It's being honest with yourself, being honest with God. And not pretending that things aren't bad. But to have a heart of thanksgiving when things are tough. And, and maybe not saying, God, I'm so grateful for this horrible thing that's happened to me. But t- let me just read you what Tony, Tony Evans suggested. He says, give thanks, not for the problem itself, but for the God you are inviting into your specific problem. Isn't that good? So he's not asking us to just say, thank you for this really hard thing. But thank you that you are the God that I'm inviting into this really hard thing. That you are in control. That all things go through you. That you you have a plan for my life. That you are with me. That you are beside me. That you see me. So thanking him even in it. So as I was looking through and referencing, um, going through some of the different references for 1 Thessalonians 5, I looked at Pastor Matt's book, and he has a book on the Thessalonians. Um, that, it's, it's really great, and it helps me understand Thessalonians even better, so I recommend that. But as I looked at this passage of Scripture, he points out 
that this scripture was written for community. And so often we think about being thankful, rejoicing always, be thankful. We think about that as something we do individually, and it is. And it is something for us to cultivate in our own lives. But when Paul is telling this to the Thessalonians, he is encouraging them to be thankful as a people, as the church of Thessalonica. So what would that look like if we are a grateful people as one here in Hope Hole? If we have this heart of thanksgiving, maybe it's encouraging each other and telling each other how much you appreciate who someone is and what they do or, or just the fact that they are who they are. Maybe it's thanking God, as we talked about earlier, before you give at church, just thanking him in your heart for that, just having gratitude for your place of service and what you're doing. Um, it's something to think about. Like, how can we, as this body of believers, live a life of gratitude together? Okay, so let's look at our garden illustration again. So you're, you're imagining this garden that, sadly, we only had for three months. But, you know, we're taking care of it. We are making sure the weeds are pulled. We're making sure the plant is pruned when it needs to be. We are gathering the produce at, at the, or the, we're picking it at the right time, making sure it's not staying on there too long. We're taking care of the plant. So what happens when you cultivate gratitude? when you take care of gratitude in your life, when you make sure that you have a routine of gratitude? What do you get? Say it again. Yeah, yeah, that's great. It produces more and more because I think our eyes are open to more, right? I think whenever we have our little blinders on and we're not really grateful, then all we see is right here. But as we begin to, to give thanks, to give thanks, we begin to see, oh, wow, I didn't see that he was working here. I didn't see that he was working in this terribly horrible situation over here. Wow, God, I have so much to be thankful for. So, yeah, gratitude produces gratitude. What else does it produce? For me, joy. I have more joy when I'm a, a grateful person. Because there have been times in my life when I have not been grateful, and it has not been pretty. <laughs> but I believe that our whole affect changes. I have peace. Because when I remember all that God has done, and I thank him for that, then I remember that he will take care of me in this situation. If he took care of me here, he's going to take care of me here. And I can have that peace that passes all understanding. Um, as I mentioned, it prepares the way for the Lord. It gets us ready to hear other things for him, from him. And then I feel like it gives us resilience. If we are a grateful people, I feel like that we can handle things that come our way a little easier. Um, also, when I am grateful and walking in the Lord in this way and obeying him for being a, in, obeying him and being a grateful person, I am more content. Happy with the things that he's given me. I'm happy with the things that I have. I'm not as easily um, upset or envious of, of other people and their things. Gratitude is very powerful. So with our gratitude garden, 
um, some of the weeds that we have to look for in this garden are discontentment, envy, anger at God or others, comparison, and selfishness. And there are so many others, but that's just a few. I'd say that one of, from my observation, one of the biggest problems and one of the biggest attacks on gratitude is comparison to other people. Never have we ever had more access to what other people have and are doing than we do today. And it's all right here. In a little phone or on the computer, all we have to do is click a few buttons to find out what all of our friends have done, what vacations they have taken, how good their kids are, how their socks match, you know, <laughs> what they had for dinner last night. You know, if you're single, you see what all your married friends are doing. If you're married, you see what all your single friends are doing. If, you know, um, it's just so many different comparisons that we see, and I have found that the number of scrolls increases my envy or my discontentment or my, you know, how many times do we walk away from spending a lot of time on social media feeling better? I mean, you have to really be picky and choosy about what you look at if that's the case. Because a lot of times I'm thinking, well, I want a new kitchen. Oh, my goodness. You know, why are their couches so clean? Why don't they have stains all over their couch? You know, but, um, but whenever, oh, so I'll say that to say as a warning. If we are going to have social media or look at magazines or look or watch things on TV or go to your friend's house, I mean, it's anywhere God put this in the Bible, so obviously it was around before social media. I'm just saying we have such easy access to, to such a high level of, of comparison and, and discontentment. But let's be, let's be careful. Let's, let's have wisdom. And, and let's ask for discernment. And if you begin to feel discontentment and envy rise up in you, take a break. You know the thing that's causing that. Whatever that thing is for you, fast from it. Take a break from it. Ask a friend to keep you accountability or accountable with it. And you will begin to see, instead of having your little blessing blinders on, you'll begin to see so much more of what God has done for you and is doing for you and will do for you. So this past week, um, I, I had a tough week physically. I, uh, I struggle with fibromyalgia and some other autoimmune problems. And so it was a really hard day. And I was, it was an afternoon, and I was in the bed because that's the only place I could be. I had no energy. I felt bad. And it was just one of those days. I don't have them often, thankfully, but it was just I, hadn't, I had to be in the bed. I could, couldn't do anything else. And I had my little phone. And so I started looking. I think I was on Instagram or something. And my, I began to be very specifically envious of moms who appeared to have the energy that I didn't. And I found myself, and maybe you can relate, maybe your mind is so strong that you don't struggle with this. And praise the Lord if that's the case. But as I was 
comparing, and as I was thinking, and as I was just laying there, I found myself going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. I mean, this is within a matter of minutes, y'all. Feeling discontent with who I am, with what I had, and how I was feeling, and how God had made me. And this, these feelings. And then, praise the Lord, I remembered that I was preaching Sunday. And I remembered what I was preaching on. <laughs> and so I said, you know what? I need to turn this off, and I need to be grateful. And I need to just run through all the things that I am thankful for. And I began to do that. God, thank you that this is not my norm, that I'm usually not in the bed like this. You know, one step up. God, thank you that I have five beautiful children. I love them so much. Another step out of the, toward getting out of the pit. God, thank you for my family. Thank you for my church family. Another step out. On and on until I was back on level ground again. And it was the Lord prompting me to give thanks, to cultivate, to act on the act of cultivation in my life. And y'all, that, my circumstance didn't change. I was still in the bed, and I stayed there for a little while longer because I still didn't feel good. But I was not in that pit anymore. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, I was able to get out, and you can too. And I just want to say something special this morning. If there's anyone in the room that struggles with any disease that is unseen like that, I just want you to know that God sees you. He's with you. He's not forgotten you. And a lot of those autoimmune problems, people can't see, and they assume that you're healthy and always doing well. But I know for a fact that there are people in this room that struggle with that, and I just want you to know that this morning. He loves you, and he sees you. Okay, so I want to talk about some practical ways that we can cultivate gratitude in our lives. So I, got, I just printed off a little page from um, a place called Attitude of Gratitude, and I just kind of wove in some of her ideas with mine. But the first thing is to create a routine of gratitude, to create a routine of gratitude. And this gal suggested a gratitude partner. How cool is that? Like to have someone... You say, all right, tell me what you're thankful for. I want to hear it. Name five things. Let's hear it. You know, and then you go back and forth. Or maybe just one thing. But y'all just share what you're thankful for together. Or maybe you say, on my drive home from work, this will be my time when I spend two minutes telling God what I'm thankful for. Or maybe it could be at dinner with your family. Y'all go around the table and everyone say one thing they're thankful for for that day. Or before you sleep, you do that. Whatever it is, create a routine where Thanksgiving is, is set in stone. That you say, this is when I give thanks. This is when I will number my blessings. Um, I have a journal that I write in. It's just a simple little cheap 50-cent spiral notebook. And I put confession um, and then Thanksgiving and then I do like, you know, what I'm asking God for that day, some different headings. But one of them is Thanksgiving, and I just write as many things that I'm thankful for as I can. So that's one way that I help keep myself account accountable with Thanksgiving. Also, um, I have a sign here up on the screen. This, my beautiful mama has this in her house. Begin each day with gratitude. 
So maybe you need a visual reminder in your home to give thanks, to remember. Um, begin each day with gratitude. And she does this. My mom has a journal, and she commits to writing three things every morning that she's thankful for. And she told me recently, she said, you know, it really does help. It really does change my perspective on the day. And so thank you, Mama, for that good example. I love that. I appreciate it. So creating visual or auditory reminders. It can be a pop-up on your phone. It could be like a, a timer where you set a timer on your phone and you put the little heading. It says, give thanks. And then like every day at 3 o'clock, it's supposed to remind you to give thanks. Because it's easy to forget, you know. So have a reminder sent to your cell phone or have a symbolic reminder like the sign. Focus on what's right in your life and not just on what's wrong. Focus on what's right in your life. Say thank you to others as much as possible. Write thank you notes. Just keep a stack of thank you notes in your car so that when you're somewhere and you remember someone that you need to say thank you for, you get that little note out and that goes a long way. Be aware of envy and comparison. Take a break from the things that are enforcing that kind of thing in your life as we talked about. And this is kind of a cool one. Ask someone what they see in your life that you should be thankful for. Because there may be things that you take for granted that you don't even realize. So ask someone, say, hey, what do you think I should be thankful for today? What do you see in my life that maybe I'm neglecting, that I'm looking past, that I should be thankful for? Um, so as, as a community and individuals, let's cultivate gratitude. Let's give thanks in everything for it is God's what? God's will for us in Christ Jesus. You've been listening to SermonCast, the online preaching ministry of Hope Hole United Methodist Church. If you enjoyed this message, consider sharing it with a few friends. Remember to visit us at hopeholeumc.org sermons and subscribe to get notified when new content is posted. Thanks for listening.